Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Recording. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Yes, recording. Hello. When will we get good at this technical side of things, which literally requires us pressing record on a computer? I know. I'm curious how this will be for Emily to upload, but we're doing our best. We're doing our best in trying circumstances, both circumnavigating the globe like fucking Christopher Columbus. I know. She texted me and was like, I have no idea where you are in the world, (laughs) but... (laughs) Neither. What's really funny is I'm in Sydney, Grace is in Perth, and what is so funny, Grace, I haven't even told you yet, I'm here for uh, Afterpay Australian Fashion Week and literally every second of every day, every person I speak to goes, where's Grace or how's Grace? As if It's just so funny because you're obviously my other half so much so, especially in the Australian fashion scene that everywhere I go, people are asking about you. And I'm here with IMG who have flown over a bunch of international press. And I'm the only one from the UK, but there's three others, Kia from Vanity Fair, Dani from Fashionista and Copeland from Nylon. And me being with these three girls who have no idea about, they've never, none of them have been to Australia before. So it's their first time in Sydney, first time at Australian Fashion Week. And it's really funny because they're like, you're the mayor of Sydney because obviously <laughs> the fashion industry is so small. Um, yeah. And I was like, and I was like, I lived here for three years and I moved here not knowing one person. So every single one of my friends is like in this tiny building right now. Um, and then because they're asking about you so much, like all of the all of the um, US girlies now know everything about Grace. And the pod, 
There's been like all these cute pod fans. I'm obsessed with this. This makes me really happy because when I came back to Australia for Christmas, it was a cold and desolate raining Sydney summer and I saw like no one. So I kind of didn't really interact with any AWD girlies. Yeah. What I think is as well is the pod is big in the fashion world. So as in like Mm – you know, when we started it, we worked in the magazines here. So pe- so a lot of people, it's just really cute. It's so nice. Like people keep coming up to me. This photographer took my pic and then she was like, wait, are you Isabel Truman? And then came over and then a girl last night came running up while we were at the rush party. And she was like, I just want to say I love your podcast so much. And she said she's an, um, an artist who works a lot, like alone in her studio. Also, I was just like, how chic are our fans? All of them were just so chic yeah. and cool. Like we, we, I went to the show and everyone was dressed not to my taste, apart from a couple of girls who looked really trendy. And then they came over and said they were pod fans. And then and then she goes, Ugh. and then I was talking about um, Jake, obviously. I was like, I need to find Jake. And she goes, oh, my God, I loved his close friends takeover. And then I go, oh, you're a Patreon member. And she goes, I'm a pea brain. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm a pea brain. I was like, where's yes. um, You caught me. Yeah. Um, how's Jake? We're sorry, the start of this episode will just be like a, a catch up. A little catch up. He's great. Gorgeous. Thriving. Beautiful. Definitely need to get him on the pod yet again. Um, he, de- he deserves another dinner parties round two. Yes, absolutely. And then the international girls that I'm traveling here with, they obviously, they're from LA, New York. They hadn't heard of the pod, the bastards. Outrageous. Yeah. And so now yeah. it's so funny because everyone keeps coming up. And then the girl last night was like accosting Danny and being like, why don't you listen? She was like, I'm from LA. And she was like, that's no excuse. <laughs> I was like, that is really no excuse to be <laughs> <I> fair. <laughs> There's Spotify there. That's no excuse. Yeah. <laughs> so nice. So we had like, I can't believe that I saw Dua Lipa on the cover of Vogue today. I actually saw her 73 questions on YouTube first and it reminded me that we went to Dua Lipa and in my head I thought, oh, it's a shame that like this isn't teeing up with us talking about Dua Lipa on the podcast. And then I realized that it is because we went one week ago. Yeah. And it feels as if it was, I think, literally three months ago (laughs) because we've since traveled like multiple, multiple time zones. And what happened with Izzy and I is that in this very weird synchronicity that we always seem to have, she and I both had work trips to Europe where we went for three days and then flew back pretty much almost on the same day, flew back from two respective European countries, back to London, and then on the same day flew back to Australia. So we're flying for, like in the air on the go for like 26 hours. And managed to fit in Dua Lipa most importantly before we jetted off. I was like, could, could this girl organize a show at a more annoying time? But I'm so excited. I know. I was like, I just will not miss this. And it was so fun. We, <laughs> I thought we'd feel quite elderly, but it was a very dynamic and fun mix of ages um mainly ages just like a very diverse crew and I loved it okay I loved the girls there with their boyfriends and I thought where did you find that man I loved the dads there with their daughters (laughs) that was like the fucking cutest thing in the world I I hated that mum I hated that mum who was there with her like genuinely like 
at least 16, probably 17 year old daughters. And they were just like, mom, please fuck off. Like you can leave us alone. You don't have to escort us to the concert. I was like, ma'am, you need to leave. <laughs> she was in like Birkenstocks and like a sensible parker. <laughs> and I said to Izzy, look, that's so cute. And then Izzy goes, yeah. And then you paused and said, I think they're old enough to go on their own. <laughs> I started laughing so much. I was like, no. Because they were cute. both like 17. I was like, And they were yeah, they were walking so mom briskly, like trying off. to escape their mum as well. I was like, God, go away. But yeah, no. And then there was like that random man beside me. And I couldn't work out if he was yes. if he was alone or if he was with the woman beside him, which you think he was, but they weren't really interacting during the show. And then he also started Facebook living the show to like one person. He Facebook lived, which was like so that like suspicious and terrifying. And yeah, um, but yeah, a, a dynamic, diverse crowd. But what I will say to you, Grace, is that mm-hmm. why was no one dancing? Or did it just look like no think- one was dancing from where we were? Because also I, I, I thought no one was dancing and then a few people replied to my stories and were like, why is no one dancing? And then on TikTok, I just saw a video like rounding up all of the people looking the most bored at Dua Lipa's concerts, which isn't her, which isn't her. It, I think it's literally like the crowd over here or something. Okay, so here's what I felt is I loved the show, loved her, loved all the songs. It was great. I think it was almost as if they planned the show when she was like much less popular because it felt like it was designed for smaller venues. Well, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, it was. And I'm like maybe that's why like the sound wasn't up to scratch or like the vibe wasn't fully it was so fun to watch, but you weren't like, oh, my God, I'm going to get up and dance. And I think at those big stadium tours, even if you're a bit further back like we were, if it's a who's a pop star, who's a pop star, Miley Cyrus, I don't know, everyone jumps up and dances because, like, it would have felt really jarre if we got up and danced. I think we did at one point. We did get up but and dance. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I made us. You know what I mean? The music was like, loud that was- or something. <laughs> Sorry, I'm having to – I just had to strip off my skirt because it's so hot in here and I can't put the aircon on because it fucks with the audio. I We did get up and dance and then afterwards we sat down and you were like, what did you say? You, you say one word that makes me laugh so much. You say curious and then you say something else where you're like, not, <laughs> not like that was a good little dance. Oh, I don't know. There's some – there's something, there's some phrase you said that made me laugh so much, makes us feel so old. <laughs> no, it was cute, but it was like not vibey. Like it's not like everyone was up and dancing and we danced. There was that one like sad looking boyfriend that was standing up and looking very angry and serious. I know, Jada. And no one else was really dancing, but I loved her. I think obviously you are more into Dua Lipa and I feel like, the concept plus this new Vogue profile and the 73 questions, I kind of understand her more as a person and she is very, like, sweet. Uh, I thought she was very cool, too cool for school kind of energy and now I've realised she's this sweet, earnest yes. little <laughs> pancake. Yeah, she's so <laughs> cute. She's a, she's an she's actual really embodiment of a pea brain. That's why I love her. Yes. 
when she was, there was a bit in the concert where I looked away for one second and looked back <laughs> and her and all the dancers were doing like ring a ring a rosie around the stage. They were all holding hands, just running in a circle. They and I was were. like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. <laughs> you were so funny, your observations as well. And I also like, while I was watching it, I know this is such a bad thing to say because obviously we love Dua Lipa. She's the best. And the show was so great. But I was like, being a pop star is just quite embarrassing. It just yes, because it, it yes, just is like exactly. the songs you're singing are so silly, and then the dancing you're doing is also so silly, and you have to wear like a sparkly costume so that you can be seen on the stage, and then you have to like just wriggle around, and I don't know. I was like, it, this it just feels a little bit embarrassing, but she obviously I don't know. Like, does she not pull it off? If I was thinking that. I think that venue is a bad one. I've heard bad things about that venue. Yeah, and I think she's not, like, she sits in this very interesting area between, like, she's not a Kylie Minogue-style sex pot and she's not, like, a Lana Del Rey-style swooning, standing in one spot, old-school glamour. Like, she's kind of this in-between. Like, the fact that there were so many kids there, really young kids, I think is really telling about who her demographic is, which I think is so, so, so nice. Yes. But it is just funny. And then there was that Izzy had warned me about a song on the album. I knew most of the songs, but she was like, there's a bad song. (laughs) And then she started singing it and I knew straight away. I had a thought when we were watching her. I was like, oh, there's no way she's going to play that song because that song, as we discussed after the concert, was clearly this impassioned, you know, post me to like essay that we all wrote at one point in time. Uh, and, you know, us on the podcast, if you go back go back to 2018, like, whatever month, and you'll be able yes. to find that exact song. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, she obviously won't play it. And then, she, and then it started, and I just, like, my eyes just, like, zoned out to the corner of the room. My face went blank. And then you were like, it's the song. <laughs> and then the old man beside me started Facebook living it. I was like, well, these things can't all be happening at once. I was like, do you understand what this song is about? It's called Boys Will Be Boys. And she's like, you are a boy and you think you can have everything but you can't or something. It's just she so goes, bad. We, uh, we put our keys between our hands as we walk down no. the street. And then she was no. like, um, she goes... If you're offended by this song, you're clearly doing something wrong. That's it. <laughs> That's literally a lyric. Yeah. So, uh, and she goes, and that was sarcasm in case you need it mansplain. <laughs> and I was like, you are. Oh, I love her so much. Love it. Yeah. So, yeah, the Vogue piece, I mean, she looks so gorgeous in that shoot. Mm. She's. It's really good as well because it does get get across her personality quite well in the piece. Yeah, um, I agree. I hate that she had a thing called Dua Daily so much. I was so confused by that. So this is the kind of precursor to Service 95 she has revealed is that she had a blog called Dua Daily before she was famous where she just talked about like things she bought and um, – restaurants she went to. I don't really understand it. Yeah, I mean, I don't really understand the sounds. This is so funny because this is a like we love Dua segment and now we're just saying negative things about Dua. But I don't really understand. I think service, I wrote on the doc, 
Service 95 is random. I'm sorry. Service 95 is random, but it makes more sense if she was like an aspiring blogger before she was famous because then it's she's she's just leveraging being very famous as a singer to do her lifelong dream of like having a um a kind of travel blog. Tig the Tig vibes. <laughs> I just think if you're as famous as her, why would you bother? Like it just has to be a passion project because I don't I don't think it's a money making thing. I think she just likes doing it. No, it's definitely not a money make. It's free. <laughs> the newsletter is free okay. and then she does a, a free weekly podcast, which we do. And I feel like we don't have the time. Like this week I was like, I'm at fashion shows back to back all day and Dua Lipa's touring the world and then interviewing like Sir Elton John. <laughs> sir. <laughs> at the same time, I can't stop calling people sir. <laughs> at the fashion, sir. it's my new thing. <laughs> Even people who aren't actually sirs, like. Haven't actually been knighted yeah. by her royal highness, the Queen of England. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm proud of her. She's just like a sweetheart. I really like her. I got such a good like energetic feeling off of her and I'm just so happy she's so successful. And she has so many um, great songs and I just think she's a very good like pop star for our time. Do you remember when we hated her? We were just jealous because our <laughs> boyfriends wanted to bus her. <laughs> I remember being like, I remember saying on this podcast. We're at North Bondi Fish and they were both like, she's so hot. And we were like, who the fuck is Julie? <laughs> I was like, she's not that hot. I thought she'd had heaps of plastic surgery, but it turns out she's just gorgeous. Turns out she just looks like that. Yes. Which obviously. We repent and retract yeah. anything we've said negatively about Julie before. We apologize. Yeah. This is our official retraction. Apart from that stuff, all the stuff we just said, which I stand by currently. Yeah. Also, she's so cute because she, like, really elevates others. And she asked – so I was going to look up the girl's name before we started recording, but obviously didn't. But that she collaborates with that girl, a girl on one of her songs on the album. And she spontaneously asked her to come on stage for the London show. Because you forget, like, London's the biggest show of the tour. It's so massive for an artist to be asked to come on stage and sing it live. And she got her to come on stage and sing mm. it live, you know, that blonde girl. <laughs> and then she also got yeah, her. Yeah, I think she's, like, really famous. Though. She is quite famous. But I don't yeah, know who she is. nice. <laughs> Angel. Yeah. Angelie. But I'm like, we were yeah. introduced to her. And then she also got her to perform before Griff. We got to see Griffy. Griffy. Yeah, Griff was cute. Who we talked about when Griff. we talked about that cursed GQ article of the top 10 most stylish people of 2021. And she was like one of the only actually yes. stylish people in it. Yes, great throwback. I was wondering when we talked about her. Um, yeah, so all in all, love Dua. We hate everyone else. Oh, no, we didn't find that out. It was Dumois. <laughs> I was like, we found out she was going to be on Vogue before she was, but it was Dumois. It was <laughs> but so- easy to get confused. <laughs> people thought – I don't know if people on the podcast understand that people at one stage thought you were Dumois. No, they thought I was Diet Prada. They thought you were Diet Prada. That's right. Because I was like very a very early BFF of Diet Prada but can't get them to return my calls now. But I actually don't like them anymore. I don't really vibe with them anymore, so it's fine. Yeah. Okay, on to Australian Fashion Week. I'm conscious that now this might sound like it's a sponsored segment because we've just said you were flown to Australian Fashion Week, but it isn't. We just thought because there's 
it feels very vibey at the moment in the sense of like everyone's kind of there. It feels very fun and joyful and like the first big one since COVID really. Yeah. So we thought it would be just nice to talk about it and talk about I think people can get a little bit jaded and cynical about Australian Fashion Week and it becomes popular to like not talk about it in a glowing way. But I have just been so impressed and obviously you're on the ground so you're seeing this more with how many great Australian designers there are and how many new designers have come out during the pandemic when everyone else was struggling and so many fashion brands were closing. And we just want to talk about it. Yeah, it's also just... I think it's such a – I've been talking to the Americans actually about this, and we've talked about this on the pod obviously before, but I think it's just such a thing in Australia and New Zealand and also the UK, that tall poppy syndrome thing or that kind of just like it's so Mm. cool to not care or to not think things are cool. So like everyone keeps eye-rolling about – everyone who's from here just keeps eye-rolling about like any – you know, everyone's like, oh, God, I have to go to another show. And it's like, oh, it's really so terrible. And you're fucking thrilled deep down. Yeah. Stop lying to yeah. yourself and others. Yes. Um, <laughs> but no, it's it's been really cool to be back. I realized that the last time I was in Sydney was the last – was Fashion Week in 2019. So it's been exactly three years. And I actually didn't realize um, – you're, you're, like, more across this than me. I didn't realize the that – since then that opened up to the public to buy tickets. Is that right? I don't know if they've opened up to the public to buy tickets to everything. I think there's just designers that will do like one show for press and then another show for their like their customers afterwards or there's more kind of ticketed events inviting people in and there's been a much more democratic view in terms of inviting a lot of influencers and maybe influencers that wouldn't get to be invited in the past. It's just kind of opened up a lot, which mm-hmm. I think you get the sense of. On, do you feel like that on the ground? It kind of feels like that on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, I do. It's um, – I don't know. It, like the crowd, it feels – I mean, it does feel pretty similar, but like last night was really cool. So last night was the uh, Indigenous Fashion Projects show and that was massive mm. and I definitely think that was like a ticketed thing and it just – I don't know, it just brings a bit more of an energy because also then that brings that excitement instead of like – fashion editors acting like they're bored or jaded by the whole thing so it's quite there's been a few shows which is obviously like why you like being at fashion week shows that are really really fun and like have people cheering and out of their seats and like really cool music and just very very vibey and energetic otherwise it's like you're gonna fall asleep when not that like the shows need to be like that but I just it's it's nice having like people who are obviously excited to be there and not deep down excited. Yeah, I feel the same. I went to Vamp, which is like uh, Mel- the Melbourne Fashion Festival, a few years ago for work, and that's a fully ticketed event. And it was like the best, like you said, energy and vibe because everyone there was so excited. Everyone was dressed up. Everyone was just like enthusiastic and loved the designers and loved the clothes, loved hanging out with their friends there, and no one was putting on that kind of, slightly embarrassing I'm too cool and above this face um and I just thought that's kind of how I think I think fashion week should be like that in general but I also think Australian fashion week like for so long the kind of secret of Australian fashion week has been that it costs all this money for designers to put on shows and they very rarely actually make something tangible back from that because it's 
done for the industry and, you know, if you're lucky you'll get industry coverage and people are very kind of sparing about who they're going to give positive feedback to and blah, blah, blah. Obviously buyers as well, international buyers come out. But the idea of inviting a broader spectrum of people to come and really letting it become this big event on social media or this big event where people who buy the brand can see it, that offers designers who have had like a really difficult couple of years a very tangible reason to have Fashion Week. And I just think it kind of democratizes it in a way that I think is positive. Yeah, I agree with all of the above. Especially because Australian, the Australian industry, like media industry keeps getting kind of smaller or like feels like it's getting smaller. Yeah. There's been some really cool shows this year and – should we just talk? Should I talk about some of my favorites? It's not finished yet. Yes, please go through everything that you've loved. Okay, so actually, the Welcome to Country was really beautiful on Monday morning. So they did a traditional smoking ceremony, which was really cool. Uh, they did like a traditional dance, which in New Zealand is like the kapahaka, which is what I was part of, and that was really cool to see. And then straight away, there was like. A bunch of shows. Romance was born is just Romance was born is honestly one of my favorite. Like every single time because it's they're amazing. It's, it's so original. Yeah. It's so just beautiful. For this collection, they teamed up with the artist Ken Dunn. He's like apparently really iconic in Australia, and we went mm. to his gallery, and that's where the show was held. And it was really cool because all of the art on the walls you were then seeing on the models as they were walking the runway. I loved it so much. His wow. wife actually was in my seat, which obviously was fine. But I had just gotten off—I <laughs> had just gotten off this flight, and I was so jet lagged, Grace. I'd had like honestly four hours sleep, and then I was trying to be like—I was basically <laughs> trying to say like, "Oh, I think you're in my seat," but. That's completely fine. Just, you know, I'll go somewhere else. But where is your – she's just trying to figure out where I could sit, basically. And she was like, no, I'm not. I was like, ah. And then we – and then now I think she hates me. But – so that sucks. Oh, my God. But <laughs> – Who's the – Ken, whose wife? Ken, the, the artist's artist. wife. Um, okay. So I'm like – You're unlikely to cross paths with her again, I feel. Yeah. I'm, like, apologizing to her on the pod. Um, She's a pod listener? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I believe. It. Yeah, so romance was born was really really cool. Yeah, Beer Park was cool. I saw you put in the dock. Yeah, I actually I wasn't really across them until I had to cover the show, and the designer comes from like a like a finance background. She didn't have a traditional designer background, and kind of just launched. And all the pieces were really beautiful, and I loved that story of when people just come out of nowhere and do an amazing job yeah obviously Matto, gorgeous always gorgeous i basically exclusively wear Matto bikinis and then one of the shows that i was just talking about that was very vibey and very fun was eric yvonne and i'm actually going to interview him for a piece and he had people voguing down the runway so you would have fucking loved it love and then St. Agni was beautiful. Michael El Sordo was beautiful. And it was held in the 88th floor of this very tall building in James Packer's apartment. Ooh. And when we all sat down, we all sat down and think, fuck. Oh, my God, I need to tell you this crazy thing that happened to me. I can't believe I've forgotten. 
But when we all <laughs> sat down, thank fuck no one was there, but this vase just fell like out of nowhere, like a ghost pushed it and it would have been worth like a bazillion dollars and it fell and cr- smashed all over the runway. Bit of drama. A ghost pushed it. Well, I don't know, like thank That's God, scary. thank God there was no one like beside it, but obviously someone somehow it just fell. Like left it at a precarious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And smashed everywhere. But. No. Earlier in the day, I was walking to a show and put my coffee cup for some unknown reason, full of coffee. Actually, no, the reason is, I'm tell the truth, the reason is because I, people were taking my photo and I didn't want to be holding a cup. So I put it in like this uh, carry bag that I'd been given. So it was like a paper bag kind of thing, a shopping bag. Put it in that, and it, but it was still full of coffee, but I put it upright and I was walking and I was like, la, 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 do, 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 take my photo. Nice. And then stopped and I was talking to our friends, Ella and Chloe, right outside a show and Mm. everyone was around. Not that I, like, I genuinely didn't care. I actually find it really funny, but people people were looking at me like, jade, 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 jade. And basically the coffee, unbeknownst to me, was leaking all through the the paper bag (gasps) as I was standing there, which had all of these, like, goodie bag things. And so the bottom of the bag, as I was standing, gave way. Coffee spilt <laughs> everywhere, and so too did about four hundred products all across the ground outside at Carriage Works <laughs> in the middle of the day in the sun, with photographers <laughs> everywhere and everybody around because we we're all waiting to go into a show. That's very me. I'm I'm surprised that you did something like that. But yes, and. I'm kind of. Thank God Chloe and Ella were around because if I was by myself, I think I actually would have been quite embarrassed. But because I was with them, they like jumped down and were like on the ground with me helping pick everything up. Afterwards, though, I like kind of forgot pretty quickly. I like threw everything in the bin and like walked back and was like, la, la, la. And Chloe was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Because it's like she thought it was her fault. And then we went inside and some random girl who was sitting beside me said said that she saw it happen and thought, oh, I feel so sorry for that girl. Or like, I'm so embarrassed for her or something. <laughs> what? I was like, way to make me feel like shit. Why would, why would you say that? I don't know. But I was like, oh, I don't really care. I was like, I, I, was like, I found it funny. <laughs> but yeah, Jade me. Thank fuck it wasn't that vase. Yeah, thank God it wasn't the – exactly. You could always be grateful for something. Okay, and then more shows. Wynne Hamlin has been not just saying this because I'm a Kiwi. Yeah, we both love Wynne Hamlin. We've been fans for ages since we met them in Paris. But Wynne Hamlin was honestly one of my top shows, if not the top at the moment. It was really gorgeous. It was, like, in this really cool location. We were basically in this, like, long – tunnel thing, train tunnel type vibe thing, concrete everywhere. There was burgers and a cocktail beforehand, which was always great. It was styled by Carla Clark. It was just like gorgeous. gorgeous. It was a really beautiful show, amazing clothes. And they're Kiwis. I think I already said that. Yeah, love. I also want to shout out Beckenbridge because I thought their show was really fantastic. Very yes. like 90s grunge, cool loved and there's still plenty to come we sound like we're missing out on some because they haven't happened yet but there's heaps of other ones 
So, yeah, Age was gorgeous this morning. Like, I love Age as a brand, but I've always kind of, like, associated it with really floral, floaty dresses that I I never wear dresses, like, ever. And today, when I was looking at the runway, I was like, there are so, so, so many things I would wear from this collection. There was this amazing, like, denim two-piece in pink I don't know. I think also when you see things on a like when I was seeing it on the runway, I was like, I can wear this little baby doll dress. Yeah, that's what happens. It's so cute. You suddenly think your style is like the like these bizarre things you would never wear, but they are very cool. And then the last thing I'll say because I don't want to like go on and on forever, but I do think I do think it's fun hearing about new brands. Yeah, is Essay, which I knew barely anything about. They had their show at the Opera House today, which is obviously like the most beautiful collection. E double S E. Yeah. SA Studios on Instagram. And I didn't really know anything about them. Super, super sustainable, really, really gorgeous collection, really minimal, really chic. And all of the bags they were holding were Yume's uh, bags, who's from another Kiwi from New Zealand. So that was really cute. I think Ilkin styled that, right? I'm not sure, yeah. Yeah, Ilkin's um, – uh, she's a friend of mine. You met her in Paris, I think, before oh, all, yeah. all the shit went down. But, yeah, it was just amazing, like you said, seeing all of these super talented creatives in Australia, like, do their thing and do it so well. There are so many cool Australian designers. That's the thing. Like, so many that aren't even showing at fashion week that i've been finding recently and just being like who's this like why are this so-? and also obviously so many of them come from melbourne it's just like the coolest designers in melbourne yes yeah who do you so you like all is a gentle spring showing alex higgins yeah i i'm actually wearing one of her corsets mm. she's such a fucking angel yeah the all is a gentle spring designer isabel hellia used to work at id and then she was a stylist and then she launched all is a gentle spring which is like these gorgeous corsets I interviewed her for Vogue Australia a while ago and then I was talking to her because I'm going to interview her for a piece that I'm doing for this and she was just like, come and grab a corset. So I, so wait and see, ladies. Wait and see. <laughs> Bit of a teaser. <laughs> Jordan Dalla, I'm really excited for tomorrow night. Alex Higgins, I'm the most excited for on Friday. Yes. So Viva Australia. We love Australian fashion. Everyone invest your dollars in Australian brands because they're amazing. And, and New Zealand. So, and New Zealand, sorry, Australian New Zealand brands. And we're so happy they're back. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Okay, so on to depressing 
Handmaid's Tale-esque news. Obviously, everyone would have seen that there has been a lot of chat online about abortion rights. There's been marches. Friend of the pod, Keisha, went to a march in New York City because basically there was a document leaked from the Supreme Court while we were all looking at cute Met Gala looks about revealing basically that five Supreme Court justices are considering voting to overturn Roe versus Wade. Everyone was really worried about this happening when Trump was in power and he kept getting all of these Brett Kavanaugh-esque people in as Supreme Court justices and obviously Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, which was like... Very selfish of her. (laughs) Really detrimental to the cause. Very selfish and really scary, but it kind of felt like something that... I don't know. It felt like everyone was worried when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died and then nothing happened. And then now this document has been leaked. And it's just really, it feels insane that this can even be a conversation right now. It's one of those things where I've been reading a lot about abortion this week. And I think we have talked, we've done quite long episodes on the podcast about like the history of Roe versus Wade and abortion rights in general before, but basically the most interesting thing about abortion is that it actually was not considered like a political issue until kind of the seventies when Reagan was trying to win the evangelical base and started politicizing something. There's a whole generation of Republican super conservative voters from a certain era that are pro-abortion. Like it's it's only been relatively recently that it's been turned into a left versus right thing because most people just see it as a medical issue that should not be like have any sort of moral judgment attached to it. And I think what's happened now is that the left and the right have become so polarised and so combative that something like abortion is kind of just a lightning rod issue for people to fight over as opposed to just this simple unpolitical medical issue where you can make fairly common sense rules around it. And I do think you see on both sides just kind of silly rhetoric where everyone's refusing to acknowledge the other side's like perspectives. And what I mean by that, for example, is that I think the Democrats tried to pass a bill through basically Roe versus Wade was this very tricky legal thing that a lot of people, including Ruth Bader Ginsburg, felt was not a strong enough legal foundation to last for a long period of time in the sense that Technically speaking, it was this interpretation of the Constitution saying that uh, everyone, what was the phrasing? That's right. About this one case, right? Yeah, it was one case where this woman from Texas in the 70s had two kids, got pregnant for a third time, didn't want a kid, and then petitioned to get the right to have an abortion because she wasn't allowed to. And it went all the way up to the Supreme Court. And the reason they created this thing saying it was legal for all women in America to get abortion was under the right of quote unquote privacy, which was this part of the constitution that said every American citizen has the right to privacy. And they interpreted that as meaning the right to having, you know, the autonomy to do something privately with their own body without the government getting involved. But even Ruth Bader Ginsburg said at the time that it should have been placed under the 
equality interpretation in that abortion rights make women equal to men because it gives them like equal ownership of their bodies. So Mm. there's always been this thing about Roe versus Wade not being the best way to protect abortion rights. And in the interim, they've tried to create like new laws which basically protect it so that even if Roe versus Wade gets overturned, it doesn't matter because these laws exist. But every time someone's tried to pass them through Congress, like Bernie Sanders was tweeting about how it's just a huge failure of the Democrats that they never got abortion laws through at the time. Like all this time they've had to do it, they never got it done and now it's going to be overturned. But I think... Yeah, that that is a failure. It's a huge failure. And (laughs) apparently (laughs) they tried to push one through like a couple of years ago where the law said that women could get abortions. This is so fucking wild. It's Sorry, so this wild. is so insane. It's so naughty. I can't actually, like, but I can't actually believe it. Like, it's like, just, please, just no like, I know agree. this is like the most stupid take, but I'm just like, fuck off. Like, actually, just fuck off. Like, what the hell does it have to do with you <laughs> ever? And it's funny because it literally comes down to one man wanting to become president. So he's like, what do the Christians want? Yes. And then Donald Trump did the same thing again where he was like, what do the Christians want again? Oh, no abortion. Fine. Okay. We need to speak to the Christians. We need to ask them what their fucking problem is. But like (laughs) also the Democrats are annoying because they try to pander so far to the left that apparently they tried to put an abortion bill through where you could get an abortion up to like the week before birth and it was legal and people were like well no like you need to have stuff and then everyone was infighting and it just didn't pass yeah because they also have like the stupidest arguments about it where they like say things about like the heartbeat and all of that sort of stuff and like the fetus and the blah blah and like how big it is and it's like none of that really like I know that does matter but I think like when you get into the nitty-gritty of it all it like I don't know. It's just like it's, I, I feel like sometimes they try to just be like, oh, it's not a baby until it's this old or whatever. And I'm just like, why can't we just say like maybe someone just doesn't want to have a baby? Like I, I just I just think like when you try and get into that nitty gritty stuff, then it make then it just makes the arguments so much more, I don't know, intense and weird. Exactly. And I think it assumes that if someone has like a late term abortion that they suddenly are like seven months pregnant and then said, wait, I don't want to be pregnant and then go to get an abortion. Like that's not what happens in real life. What happens is people don't have access to healthcare. People don't have access to to medical care. People are in like horrible abusive situations where they can't get out of the house for a period of time. Like late term abortions are like pretty much never people suddenly deciding when they've told everyone and they're showing and they're blah, 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 they don't want to have a kid anymore. Like that's not how it works. And so much of the abortion argument is like, I don't think, I think this is what we said last time we talked about it, but like no one is thrilled about abortion. People who are pro uh, choice aren't like, yeah, I love abortion. It's a great choice, like a great option. It's just a realistic measure to protect vulnerable women because it's going to happen. And if it's going to happen, you'd rather it be done safely with medical professionals then dangerously with some fucking quack doctor in an unsterilized alleyway <laughs> where some poor underage abused like a woman of color is having to pay all of this money to a charlatan like that's why it's in place and the fact that the right are pretending they don't understand that is just so ridiculous but what i can't get my head around is it's like so trump is saying that he wants all the women he's impregnated to have had those babies 
exactly. and to be like paying their child support and to have like <laughs> 400 children right now. Yeah. Like I'm just like, what are you say- saying? Like you guys want there to be no abortions so every single girl you knock up has your child and then you like have to go to their birthdays all the time and like be a dad. <laughs> Like what? Like you know what I mean? It's also like they obviously don't give a fuck about like once the once the baby's born, exactly. what happens then? There's not even any healthcare in the damn country. Exactly. They're just it's just such They're a so dog stupid. Whistle. And also, what I was reading, which is so disturbing, is that if the idea that like human life starts at conception, there's basically all of these. That's such a slippery slope that they're basically saying in crazy states like Texas and Alabama that. There can literally be things like if a woman has a miscarriage and the doctor suspects she was drinking or she was taking um, medication she wasn't supposed to take or she was um, over-exercising when she'd been suggested not like that anything that puts a fetus's life in danger potentially can be viewed under these same laws because you're basically saying that a fetus of any age from like literally conception, so from the, the minute it turns into a couple of cells, is a human life so putting that in danger is the same as putting a child out of the womb in danger or whatever like the chain reaction of how they can prosecute that basically means you can criminalize women for doing pretty much anything when they're pregnant because like you can say it's fetus abuse if they like or too stressed yeah they're too stressed or work too hard or working too much or like there's stories of women who have like fallen down the stairs literally had an accident and miscarried and they've been like charged with trying to kill their baby like the country is so manic and I think when we were reading about it we were both kind of thinking it's America it's horrible that that's happening but it feels distant and far away but I was reading some pieces today basically about how you know abortion decriminalization is much more enshrined in like Australia and New Zealand and Europe but we also do have these very kind of, well, not in New Zealand, but in Australia, very conservative, very religious leaders who are also like stacking the courts to be more conservative. So it's something that I think people should be like vigilant about and aware of because I just think none of these things are a given. Like people never thought Roe could be overturned ever. And now suddenly everyone's in this situation where you could go to jail for crossing state lines to try and get an abortion. Like it's fucking crazy. Yeah, well, surely old ScoMo isn't too pro-choice. No, exactly. Being a Pentecostal Christian. Hardcore Christian. I was, like, trying to inform the US girls about Australian politics, but I was like, what's that really intense form of Christianity? (laughs) They were, like, evangelical. I was like, worse. (laughs) (laughs) Then I had to Google it. Oh, yeah, a Pentecostal. Yeah. 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 It's not good, is it? No, it's not. (laughs) Okay, on to less depressing things, (laughs) less things about our reproductive organs and more things about the queen of the Met, the queen of fashion, (laughs) the Vogue USA. (laughs) Because, yeah, she's still the queen. I was thinking, like... Yeah, Anna Wintour, it's about Anna Wintour, basically. And I was thinking the other day about this woman's lasting power is 
something to really be admired. So she impressive. has just like she still she still to this day has like when she walks into a room at the fashion shows, even though she goes to like every single fashion show or every single big name fashion show, she still has you sitting up straighter, feeling a bit more on edge. My friend was saying she does PR in London and she was saying that before Anna Wintour comes to one of the shows, her security comes and does this the most insane check of the premises. Really? Like, it's like, yeah, no, yeah, that really surprised me as well because I was like, what? I've seen her about like yeah. me and you have walked in and out of hotels with her and we bumped into her at the ritz every time i've ever seen her it's the only time i've ever been starstruck about someone i or pretty much honestly like not the only time but the most starstruck i ever remember being about someone i walked into the ralph lauren show i was like 23 maybe 24 and I walked in and I kind of was like, oh, and realized she was standing right next to me and I was like getting in her way. So I jumped away. She's very little. And I was like, oh my God, it just felt insane. Yeah. So I had no idea about this at all, but my friend who does fashion PR said that when Anna is confirmed, her security or like a whole security detail, kind of like when I interviewed Jacinda Ardern, her security detail came into the cafe and did a huge check before Jacinda came in, um, which I guess makes sense because she's a prime minister. But w- yeah, when she said that about Anna Wintour, I was like, really? I was like shocked as if she was lying, which she obviously wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. They fully check the entire place to make sure it's safe for her to be in there because I guess she's so she's just so famous. She's such a big name. I don't know. And I guess like Peter doesn't like her or something. <laughs> Fucking Peter. <laughs> he doesn't like anyone. Like they don't like Jake. Justin Bieber and Haley Baldwin. They always have a go at. And I'm like, leave them alone. Mm-hmm. Haley Bieber gets enough gets enough shit as is from the Jelena stands. Yeah, but the reason we're talking about Anna Wintour is not just because of her Met Gala outfit and Met Gala most recent Met Gala, but because there is an Anna Wintour biography coming out. What do you think about it? So. The writer Amy O'Dell, I've actually read one of her books before. She was the first ever fashion blogger for The Cut, which is like a bit of a claim to fame. Yeah, wow. She wrote a book called Tales from the Back Row, which I personally, I think maybe because we work in the industry, I maybe we're not the target audience. Like I just was like, oh, is this a book? Like it was just talking about her job and like day-to-day stuff and I didn't find it super interesting. But she's written this biography. She's gotten access to, like, dozens of Anna's personal close friends, ex-boyfriends, former staffers. And while neither of us have read the book because it's not out yet, we have been reading all of the coverage. And I think the thing that's really interesting is that pretty much every review says that this writer has done such exhaustive research. The book's 500 pages and 100 pages are just footnotes of her research. And yet you leave with like no better idea or understanding of who Anna Wintour is than when you started. And I think that's, it's kind of a testament to how good her personal brand and like mystique is because I kind of just think that she's created this brand. It's like if you did this huge biography on Kim Kardashian, you just wouldn't get that much out of it because everything there is to know, you already know. But I feel like we know nothing really about Anna Wintour, but I guess we do know about things like her divorces and stuff like that. And her dad was like a newspaper editor and... 
I feel like I know yeah. nothing about her like personal ins and outs of her life. Yeah, maybe she's just so good at keeping it all like locked down, which is so impressive because maybe all she allowed all her friends to do interviews, but all her friends just understand not to say anything. It's quite it's like quite a crazy thing to be able to do to be that famous at that level and to have curated a brand that is so mysterious. I wish it was me. I'm the most unmysterious woman alive. <laughs> They could just listen to AWD and get the whole. If you mind this podcast, you'd have my entire life story. You'd know more than I know about me because <laughs> I've forgotten everything. I love this quote. So Robin Gavan is the Washington Post fashion critic and she wrote, if Anna has an inherent gift that separates her from her rivals, it's her ability to see herself as others do. She has used that invaluable knowledge mm. in ways that are manipulative and beneficial. If she terrorizes assistants, designers, or publicists, it may sometimes be because she can smell their fear or worshipness. Exploiting either or both helps her get what she wants faster and with less hassle. Queen. I'd love to be able to see myself as others do. <laughs> but it's like she it's she knows that this is the mythology around her, so she plays into it and it makes the mythology bigger, but then it also means that she just gets shit quicker because people are so scared of her. So I'm sure 95% of the time she doesn't yell or scream or threaten something or do whatever she's, you know, the devil wears Prada archetype is. It's just because people already see her that way. They're just naturally scared of her. <laughs> so she just just enjoys that and probably has like a e much easier, happier life. I want to know what makes Anna happy. I want to know if she eats cinnamon buns. I just want to know, like, what gets her off. I want to know if she watches, Brid watches Bridgerton. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, she has a guilty pleasure. My favorite thing I read in the piece in the highlights from the book was that apparently once she photoshopped, she told her assistant to photoshop a baby's neck to be less fat. <laughs> like, photoshop the like rolls That's, like, full out. Kardashians. I mean, that's not even of all the things to be accused of. I'm like, that's just that's just the business, baby. A ba a baby's neck. Yeah, that's what the Kardashians do. Chloe Kardashian photoshops her little baby all the time. I'd photoshop my baby. I feel the same. I want to know what makes her tick. I want to know what makes her laugh. Apparently she cried when Hillary Clinton lost. I want to know what she considers a little treat. That's what I want to know. If I was interviewing her, I'd say, what does a little treat mean to you? That is such a great question. And she would say, like, tennis. And you'd say, no, not tennis. <laughs> yeah, shut up. A not real, tennis. A real treat. What is it? Okay, look, I have to actually wrap this up because I have to get to a fashion show in nine minutes' time. Anna Wintour herself. <laughs> <laughs> a little treat for me is a cinnamon bun on a Sunday morning <laughs> from Buns From Home. I have to go. My driver's outside. I have a show to be at. <laughs> my floral dress and my dark sunglasses, my little bob. Cute. I know. I love it. I don't like when people are mean about her. I'm like, respect the hustle, please. Please, God. I know. Okay. Love you. Goodbye, Izzy. Love you. you. Goodbye, <laughs> listeners. Love you guys too. And we'll see you next week. Jare, 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 jare. Whoa. Whoa. Okay, bye. Bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.